It's that time of year again where all shows are busy ones. This one is no different. We have Joe Cook Sugar, one of the best bracketologists out there, to break down what can happen in the Big Ten tournament as far as March Madness seeding goes. And then, hey, all Big Ten teams were announced. Joey Hauser talks about his future at Michigan State or away from Michigan State. Nick Marsh decommits from the 2024 recruiting class. But, hey, Antoine Simmons is also coming back. Busy show. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Gang, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And we are starting this show with one of the most beautiful basketball bracketologist minds in the land and no i'm not just trying to butter up joe cook sugar he literally is one of the best at doing this per bracket matrix so before we ask him all sorts of questions joe we care about you at a personal level how you doing are you doing okay over there i'm i'm hanging in there i know this is a spartan pod and and uh (laughs) And I'm a Wolverine. I, I feel like every time I've come on and, and talked with you, I brought that up. But it's I, it, I like when people care about how I'm doing after the agony that was the end of February and beginning of March for Wolverines everywhere, including yeah. myself. Well, cat's out of the bag there. Yeah. Um, if anyone didn't know that, well, now you do. Uh, poor, poor Joe. We, we, we care about you. I don't care for a lot of Michigan fans, but I care about your well-being. Um, I'm sorry. That's all I can say. That's I'm terribly sorry. It's what's happened. Um, I can, I can hear the candid sympathy in your voice. Yeah, you can tell. Okay. That's good. At least <laughs> we're on the same page here. Let's, you know, we'll take your mind off of it with just some bracketology talk. So Joe, just simple question really quick right now in your bracketology, which you update daily. We'll, we'll get to that later on in this chat, but right now in your bracketology, you have MSU as a seven seed, Point blank, Joe, after they win three straight games and hoist the Big Ten Tournament Trophy, what seed is Michigan State going to be? <laughs> I, I don't know about all that all that noise regarding making that deep run, especially <laughs> with the uh, the strength of the top half of the bracket. You, uh, you know, yeah. like I, I'm giving yeah. – it's, it's wild how lopsided it is with Iowa and Michigan State and Purdue. And, um, I mean, even honestly, yep. Michigan and Rutgers just being an sure. eight and a nine. It's, yeah. it's, it's quite lopsided. But – um, I, I, I think state's ceiling is, is probably a six seed. I, I know that there okay. might be pipe dreams of getting a five, but I, I, I would say that's one in a thousand just, and, and honestly, the, you run the risk of, of getting that five twelve that, uh, daunting five twelve matchup that everyone hates because yeah. the 12 is yeah. always the, the best Cinderella teams from the small conferences, um, that you would rather honestly avoid. You're going to get some garbage middle of the road big conference team if you get a six seeds you might almost be better off as a six than a five anyway and i think that's frankly michigan state's ceiling heaven forbid they lose that first game Mm -hmm. i think it's unlikely but they could drop to an eight um so that alligator mouth sort of is between six and eight um but they're you know like if if everything goes as expected i'd probably say that they're going to stick around that seven line Gotcha. Okay, so even if, let's say they lose to Iowa, let's call it, you know, five points, a close-ish loss to Iowa. Of course, there's a lot of other games that will decide where MSU is, but is that seven-ish, or what would have to happen for it to slide down to an eight here, you think? 
I <clears throat> I don't think it's so much anything that's under Michigan State's control, honestly. If, gotcha. if Michigan State, you know, maybe if they get hammered by 20 just because the committee is going to be watching with a keen eye, it's Friday, um, that that could uh, hurt their, their eye test metric, which is, is more qualitative than quantitative. But I, I really think it's going to be how do the teams that I currently have behind them that could hop them if they immediately lose to, you know, like in Iowa, Iowa, I have two, yeah. two spots behind them on the S curve. So Iowa would maybe be able to hop them with that win. Um, you know, Northwestern, if Northwestern wins their game and then beats Indiana, they, they hop them, you know, there, there are things that can happen that would bump them down to an eight, but I do think they're, they're a strong seven, you know, like I almost put them ahead of Duke as the top seven. They're okay. right there. Um, so I, I think that they're it's it's more likely in my mind, especially considering what I think the team's capable of, it's more likely that they move to a six than an eight. I'll say Okay. That. Hey, okay, okay. Now now we're moving to the side of optimism, which we could all use some of these days in this time of the year for March Madness. But yeah, I did notice that too, is that you also have Iowa as a seven seed as well. And that is the presume matchup for Michigan State. Of course, you know, I, Ohio State or Wisconsin could keep it close against Iowa, but let's say it is MSU versus Iowa on Friday. Of course, you know, you're just one bracketologist, but for you, is that a winner gets to the six line or is there still that much of a gap between what a seven would be and then what a six would be in your opinion? Uh, I think it certainly has the potential to, to be winner moves to the six line type of game. Um, Again, it's, it's hard to answer these questions in a vacuum. Honestly, it's, it's, it is. You're it not going to move up yeah. to a six with loss, but you don't because you don't know what those teams. You know, like there's you don't know what Duke's going to do. You don't know mm-hmm. what AM, Creighton, Kentucky, all of those teams that have pretty similar resumes are going to do. Um, but certainly, um, there's no win, You need to win that game to even have uh, even sniff uh, a six seed, in my opinion, uh, based on what the team's resume is looking like right now. Um, so that's 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 kind of what I'd say on that. Fair enough. And even outside of Friday afternoon, you know, I mean, just because we're state fans doesn't mean we can't appreciate the rest of the Big Ten tournament. And there's a lot of storylines going on. I see that you have nine Big Ten teams in uh, the March Madness bracket right now with Rutgers and Penn State barely getting in, but also Wisconsin as one of your first four teams out. Michigan is in your next four out. What game or potential matchup do you have your eye on the most here as a bracketologist? Is it just as easy as that Rutgers versus Michigan game winner really helps themselves here? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, it was nice that you threw in as a bracketologist because, of course, the game that I'm going to sure. care most about right, right. as a personal <laughs> fan is, is you know, like, oh, I want my team to get in the field. But yeah. as a bracketologist, certainly – um, the in, in terms of the games that are definitively set, um, both the, the that seven ten and eight nine games, I'll have my eye towards because Wisconsin's, in my opinion, not going to really move the needle with a win against Ohio State, even though Ohio okay. State has really over not overachieved. Really, their their net rating uh, or ranking, I guess I should say, has been the most flabbergasting thing for me yes. to see because they've yes. just been trash. But their net has not moved a whole ton because I don't know right. if it's the Ken Palm or Shagrin or what it is in the advanced metrics or what, but they just, you know, like the, their net has been uh, what I would call over severely overly inflated. I don't think Wisconsin's going to move the needle a whole lot. Obviously, Nebraska, Minnesota, you can throw that game away. I sure. don't really care yeah. what happens. 
Um, Illinois, Penn State, I think Penn, you know, like Penn State loses that game. They're going to be sweating big time. They win that game. They're probably pretty solidly in. Um, the the Rutgers-Michigan game, uh, agnostic of, of being a fan, that game's really important as a bracketologist because Rutgers – has the chance to lose their if they if, if Michigan wins Rutgers probably falls out of the field if Rutgers wow. wins I think that that solidifies their bid um it, yeah it's it's quite the fall for Rutgers in the, in the past three weeks amazing fall were they like a six seed three weeks ago and now uh-oh we're, we might have a home <laughs> NIT game like oh my yeah. god that's it, it's that's yeah it's it's <laughs> yeah it, it, it was unbelievable considering what I thought of that team at the end of January and where they are now. Right. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and in terms of Michigan's uh, chances of making the, the tournament, um, certainly they obviously need to beat Rutgers uh, to, to even be sniffing the field, but I don't think one game is going to be enough. I think okay. losing that game, they're out, they win that game, then they get their shot at their quote unquote play in game into the field. And that's obviously against, the top seed and a potential one seed in Purdue. So I think Michigan, if they want a bid, uh, needs to win two. It might even be three. Um, wow, they, okay. they, it, so uh, Michigan State fans, dreams everywhere. If it is that that circumstance, you could get an eight versus four matchup on Saturday where Michigan State might be oh, the team that man. knocks. How glorious <laughs> that would be for Spartans everywhere where oh. Michigan State eliminates <laughs> Michigan from, from uh, tournament contention. But I – it, it really it's it's there's so many pieces that have to work out yeah, for that to happen of course. so of course we are going to be back with joe cook sugar but hey need to talk your ear off about fan duel sportsbook it is the most wonderful time of the year to get in on the action at america's number one sportsbook you cannot beat March Madness. And you also cannot beat being a new customer of FanDuel because you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 if you are a new customer. That's right. That is in bonus bets. If your first bet does not win, you get 1,000 smackaroos back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win on FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook, how can you beat that? Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. And best of all, my favorite part, you get paid quickly with FanDuel. Mr. FanDuel isn't just sitting there waiting to process your money, waiting for you to get your check days after the fact. No, 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 no. Your account is getting fed immediately with FanDuel. So don't miss out on the chance to get in on your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more about the trends and action for this March Madness season. God, I cannot wait. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And just yeah, as a bracketologist, what is the... I guess not number one thing because there's many things to look at, but what do you prioritize the most out of anything? Like, is it the old-fashioned eye test? Is it quadrant wins? Is it something else for you? Or what What really goes into the creation of the sausage for your bracketology over there? Well, I can't I can't reveal too much of the sausage making. No, I, <laughs> I, it's not proprietary. Uh, the the net, you know, like ever ever since the the committee came out with the net um, to replace the RPI, they've really leaned into it as a sorting tool for determining where teams should be seated. Um, not so much it, what teams gain entry into the, into the tournament and gain a bid from an at-large perspective. They are willing, they've demonstrated that they're willing to put in teams that have a net in the seventies and eighties. Um, so 
the 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 exceptions to those rules where you have those teams that have poor net rankings it's typically you kind of alluded to this in the the lead in here um is those those quadrant one wins um i've i've done some predictive analytics in terms of what metrics on a team sheet does it based on historical patterns since the net era has began does the committee really lean into in terms of uh determining what teams receive at large bids and where they see the team and um a quadrant one loss is better than a quadrant four win that's one uh pretty okay. interesting find. so wow. you're you're better off losing to a good team than you are beating a bad team if you beat a really mid team you know the, the team that's around you know like I don't, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, like if you beat Youngstown State this year, they lost. They were in the one seed in um, in their conference. Uh, I think it's uh, gosh, I'm putting myself the on the spot. OVC, yeah. yes, okay. Yeah. I, I was losing track because I'm like the OVC was always um, uh, Murray State and Belmont. Oh sure. They moved to yeah. they moved to the Missouri Valley. So with all of the conference shifting, it's hard for me to keep track sometimes. Even I as bet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, like a team like that, though, you're 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 fine winning against, but you're honestly better off. And and that bodes well for Michigan state because of the psychopath uh, scheduling that, that they decided to take on this year in, in November yeah. and the beginning of December. Um, I mean, Izzo said it himself at the beginning of the year, don't be shocked if we go one and seven or two and six to start. And they overachieved based on, you know, like what I think what people's expectations were at the beginning of the year. And, you know, um, if I'm remembering correctly, did they beat Kentucky? And I, I know, Am I right? Did they beat Kentucky? Sure did. They sure right. did. And then, right. and then they, and then the game on the the carrier, they should have beat Gonzaga. Um, close loss. That's a, yeah, yeah. But it, and, I mean, but they're right there. And that that's yeah. again, that's a close loss to a team that I'm I have as a three seed. So that's a really okay. good loss on a neutral court. Teams are the you know like the the net ranking is a good sorting tool, and the the quadrant one performance is kind of the the simplified heuristic. And then you have some other things like um, the the strength of record metrics and the things that show what did you actually do. Um, the net does have the predictive analytics stuff, like the Ken Palm and Sagarin stuff. But um, based on what I can tell, um, the the actual what did you do, not what are you capable of, mm-hmm. is um, is certainly what the committee leans into more and, and what I as a bracketologist try to lean into when I'm trying to discern what the committee is going to do year to year. Fair enough, man. That's God. That's it, it's incredible to like compile what you do with all the math, mathematics, and fancy words that you use as well. Like I, it's, <laughs> a lot of this is so far over my head, but I think I know most of what you're talking about. But also, what really just blows me away about you and what you do at One Three One Sports, and something that I love is that at this time of year, you are daily. You update the bracket daily. Now there are some professionals out there that get paid. Probably a good sum of money, maybe for DSPN. I don't know. I'm just throwing hypothetical out there. That likes to update like every third day around this time of year. Like it's not going to cut it. I need my daily bracketologist. How hard is it to do this daily? Or is it kind of just, okay, well, a few games happened. Beep, bop, boop. It was easy. Or is it really actually that hard to do? Um, So doing it daily is something that is my sort of means to distinguish myself from other bracketologists. Um, because if I can be, if I can be more accurate than some Joe Schmo on ESPN, um, and update more frequently than said Joe Schmo on ESPN, um, then I'm able to kind of discern myself in more ways than one, um, in terms of difficulty updating daily depends on the day. 
you know, um, sure. throughout the throughout the season when I'm updating it Saturday morning, what games got played on Friday? A couple Ivy League teams played, maybe some teams in the MAAC or the MEAC or one of these small conferences. Doesn't really move the needle. It's kind of mm-hmm. bit bat boom takes all of ten or fifteen minutes. But then when I'm updating it on Friday morning, um, you know that that can take a lot longer <laughs> um, because you have you know like I, I'm sitting there and. I I kid you not, you know, like control F, which is for those that aren't computer savvy is a way that you find a particular word. I'm sitting there there on, and the game results, whether it's on ESPN, Yahoo sports, any of those aggregators, and I'm, and I'm going team by team who played control F Alabama, control F Gonzaga, control F Texas. And I see their game result and I got, and it's hard because you have multiple game results. So it's kind of, you have to get a feel as a bracketologist and I've got this through experience in terms of how much it moves the needle and how one team's loss versus another team's win could potentially move with okay. the gaps that exist between these teams and stuff, because a lot of people want to look at bracketology in a vacuum and it's like, Oh, yep. if we win, we, we move up a seed line. If we lose, we move down a seed line and it doesn't work like that at all. You have to look at the margins between these teams, what they did, who they played, game to game and the needle, especially once you get into the time when people start paying attention in general, people start paying attention. I've seen based on my website traffic, people really lean into bracketology. Once the Super Bowl is over every year, okay. I've seen that. I mean, that's, that's kind of when people are like, okay, I'm going to move on to college basketball now that the NFL season's over. And, and um, at that point in time, you're not the wins and losses. You've the most teams resumes have stabilized such that they might move a spot or two uh, in the S curve with a win or a loss, but they're not going to move. You know, like there's not going to be these big swings, especially from teams like Michigan state that play in a major conference that have a more stabilized, you know, like they're not going to, unless they go and beat Purdue or lose to Minnesota, they're, they're not going to um, move the needle as much. Fair enough, man. Well, I, I thank you for everything that you do. I mean, not just appearing and, you know, giving us your knowledge on this show here, but yeah, I, I become into bracketology, like after the Maui Invitational wraps up, like I, I'm in it, I'm in the weeds in November. So f- once this time of year ramps up, yeah, I'm just a fiend looking for anything I can get. And you always deliver at 131 sports. So can't thank you enough, man. Thank you for all your time. Really do appreciate you, Joe. Um, would say good luck to your team, but I, that'd be a bridge too far, I think. But I hope you have a good March Madness. Joe that I mean that I genuinely mean I hope you have a great March Madness Uh, I appreciate it Matt and I appreciate coming on and on top I do want to uh uh plug my site for one more thing just for people people feeling uh, on top of being a bracketologist all those big fancy words that I wish I could boil down but would take more time to do so that Matt alluded to um I do some analytics after the field is set and I every year I release an article that's called how to win your bracket pool so Ooh. hop onto 131 Sports. Uh, it'll either be released Tuesday night or Wednesday night. So f- before the first round of 64 game is played, and it gives you guidance on everything from, uh, you know, like how, how the bracket strategy to actual analytics that uh, show had to had matchups, how far, how likely a given team is to advance to the Sweet 16, to the Final Four, to win it all gives you some upset guidance on oh if you're going to pick an upset or two these are your best bets so it it really helps you if you want to be competitive in your bracket pool to to do it from a statistically sound manner so definitely check that out 
I absolutely will be doing that. So, yeah, th- thanks a ton, man. I'm already looking forward to that. Already spending the money that I will win for my bracket pool. Thanks to that. So, <laughs> pre, thank you for that one, Joe. You're the man. Really, really appreciate you, man. All right, take care, Matt. Now let's crack open some more basketball talk here. Uh, we got our all Big Ten teams named. That's right, very fun. But first, hey, we got to talk about a player who goes by the name of Joey Hauser. Uh, he spoke to the media very briefly, but, you know, let in a nice little tidbit on his future. He can come back next year. Uh, amazingly enough, he can come back. The guy who's been in college, oh, God, since Obama was in office, um, he, he does have eligibility. However, kind of pretty much slammed the door on any inkling that he will come back. Uh, he spoke with the media, like I said, and Kyle Austin of MLive.com, he tweeted this out. Joey Hauser didn't 100% shut the door on returning for another year at Michigan State, but said he's planning on moving on after this year. So, kind of like what we suspected, 95% chance of him leaving, 90% chance of him leaving. Um, Now, what would keep that door maybe peaked open? Why wouldn't he just say flat out that this is my last year? I don't know. Let's say NIL gets crazy and someone offers him a $12 million check or something like that. I... Again, I subscribe to Never Say Never in in my life, and I think Joey Hauser uh, does as well. Never Say Never to coming back. Surely there could be some insane circumstance that would have him come back here, but I, I can't think of one. Uh, he's getting up there in age. If he wants to try professional ball, which uh, why wouldn't you after having a season shooting the way you do? Yeah, go out. Go get on a summer league team. Go overseas. Go in the G League, or dare I say, hey, Maybe like his older brother, go latch onto an NBA team and carve out a role somewhere in the league. Uh, you, you've been in college too many times. Hey, college was a great time. You know, some of the best four years of my life. But I think eventually uh, it kind of gets old. So I think that's what we got here with Joey Hauser is that he is ready to go find the next best thing. Now, let's get on in on the all Big Ten teams they dropped on Tuesday afternoon. We have one team with the media, one team with the coaches' votes. Uh, Tyson Walker. He makes second-team All-Big Ten in both the coaches and media. Point guard A.J. Hogarth, he was a third-team member voted by the media. For the coaches, he got honorable mention honors. And the gentleman we were just talking about, Joey Hauser, honorable mention by coaches and media. And look, I know there's a lot of good players in the Big Ten, uh, but I think that that one is a little bit of a slight for Joey Hauser. And hey, honorable mention, okay, that, that's nothing to sniff at or snuff at, whatever the, the figure of speech is. It's nothing to shake a stick at. I don't know. Uh, but I feel like he deserves a little better for having the second highest three-point percentage in the conference. All right, for being 13th in the conference with 14.2 points per game, for also being 12th in the conference for rebounds per game at 7.0. Yeah, honorable mention, it, it's good. You know, it, it's, it's nice to throw on your resume, but I feel like Hauser deserved a little more there, and... I'm going to guess that you, a Spartan fan listening at home, probably agree with that as well. Uh, Jaden Akins, he also got honors as well for the Sportsmanship Award. Uh, there's one player on each team that is given those honors as well. So, hey, Jaden Akins, good on you. Way to be a good sportsman out there. Uh, now, just to round things out here, player of the year, Purdue's Zach Eady. Uh, 22 points, 13 rebounds a game from the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. Will do that. Uh, but Chris Collins... Head coach of Northwestern, he gets coach of the year in the Big Ten. A lot of people thought it was going to be Matt Painter. And, hey, you know, he has a really good argument himself over there in West Lafayette. 
they had a really good year after going into this season with little to no expectations. But look, Chris Collins lost two of his best players in the offseason, one to Duke, one to North Carolina. He's, he's currently looking like uh, the better of those three teams. Maybe not Duke, but you get my point. Uh, things have gone really well in Evanston, so Chris Collins well-deserving of that. Defensive player of the year, split between Caleb McDonald of Rutgers and then Chase Audige of Northwestern. And to round out the first team all-conference for uh, both the media and the coaches, uh, the coaches first team all-conference, Illinois' Terrence Shannon, Indiana's Trace Jackson-Davis, Iowa's Chris Murray, Penn State's Jalen Pickett, and then Zach Eady of Purdue. Uh, for the media, a lot of this is going to sound the same, but the first team, Trace Jackson-Davis, Chris Murray, uh, Michigan's Hunter Dickinson, Zach Eady, Jalen Pickett, and then a sixth guy, Boo Booey, that's right, the Spartan Slayer, gets on the first team all-conference uh, for the media. Now, as we look forward to the Big Ten tournament here, Michigan State's going to play Iowa, Ohio State, or Wisconsin. Ohio State and Wisconsin face off Wednesday night. Who do us state fans want to see our Spartans play between those three teams? Now, there's a few ways that you could take this. If you want an easier win, well, okay, uh, Ohio State would be you'd be a little highly a little higher favored. Sorry if I can get the words out of my mouth. A little higher favored over Ohio State than you would Wisconsin, although it would be close. The computers say that it's going to be kind of a three, three-and-a-half-ish point spread either way between Wisconsin and Ohio State. Or, if you don't want to run away from the grind, if you want vengeance for what happened at Iowa, you'd actually be favored by about one, one-and-a-half points against Iowa. So there's not a big difference there. The biggest difference, though, would be a quad-one win versus a quad-two win if that's what you're into. Right now, Michigan State has six quad one wins. They have uh, six quad two wins. Iowa would be the only quad one opponent between these three teams. Now, a quad one game is any team in the net ranking on a neutral court. That's one through 50. And then quad two would be 51 through 100. Okay, Iowa, they're somewhere in the 30s, so they'd be a quad one win should you beat them. And then Wisconsin and Ohio State are both in that 51 to 100 range, so they'd be a quad two win. So pretty good here as we are looking to knock on the door of a six seed, maybe even, dare I say, a five seed if you could win two of these games. I don't know. There's a lot a lot to pour over here uh, as we go into the Big Ten tournament. And really quick, too, I just want to point this stat out. This is from Chris Solari of the Free Press. We're going to get in on this before we switch the topic of conversation to football. But Chris Solari hits us with the stat of the day. He tweeted this out. MSU reached the Final Four all four times it reached the Big Ten tournament final in Chicago. Okay, winning it in 1999, 2000, and 2019, and losing to Wisconsin in 2015. Okay, all four of those took place in Chicago. The Spartans didn't make a Final Four after winning the Big Ten Tournament in 2012, 2014, and 2016 in Indianapolis. So, Michigan State has won seven of these things. But when they win it, or go to the Finals in Chicago, well, pack your bags up for at least four more games after that because they go to the Final Four. Um, so, yeah. That's God, love that stat by Chris Solari right there of the Free Press. Go give him a follow. Um, let's switch things up to football right now. It's March. Uh, it really should be all eyes on basketball. We shouldn't be able to get hurt by football, but here we are. Um, this is part of the fun of having football as a 12 month sport of the year is, um, yeah, you get to uh, <laughs> take some blows too 
in March. And this one comes from a high school kid. That's right. Uh, a junior in high school got us all sad on Tuesday. Uh, one of three commits for the 2024 class, Nick Marsh, four-star wide receiver, a guy who I think could be uh, fringing on a five-star status. Uh, he's out of here. He announced his decommitment from Michigan State. Uh, this comes uh, less than two months after tweeting, if we locked in, ain't no switching up with a green and white heart. Uh, it, it looked like there was some switching up, though. Um, and look, I, I don't know what to tell you about high school recruiting. I'm going to be very upfront with you guys. I'm going to be very transparent. I, I hope you can always count on me for that. If it wasn't for doing this show and this podcast, I would care about recruiting two days of the year early signing day, and actual signing day. But since there is such an appetite for recruiting, well, yeah, we got to talk about it. And that even means when juniors in high school verbally commit to your school. Honestly, when a junior commits verbally to a school, I, I cross him off the board because that commitment feels like it's never going to last, especially with a kid that highly rated where he's going to be hearing from every school in the country the rest of his junior year the rest of his senior year so honestly if you want a silver lining from this for the whole nick marsh saga i'm glad it happened in march as opposed to closer to signing day or right on signing day um graham couch uh if you're on twitter you have seen this take from him many a times because this happens many a times but he says something on the lines of you know i'm ad-libbing here but no high school athlete ever really commits to a college, all right? Like, we should all look at that as that they are leaning to that college. And a lot of people laughed at that. Now, he's been doing that take for years. But as the years go on, stuff like this happens more and more and more, and it's not so funny anymore. Graham is just actually right. Um, I don't think he was ever doing a bit in the first place, if I know what I know about Mr. Couch. Um... But I think it's time that everyone realize that, no, that's not a bit either. Like, in this day and age in high school recruiting, it is the Wild West out here. There is so much that happens. There are a lot of things that happen behind the scenes. So, yeah, a, a kid saying that he commits, I, 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 I can't take seriously. I think I even texted a buddy after Nick Marsh committed however many months ago. Cool. When's his decommitment date? Uh, because this is just how it goes in high-level recruiting. I also don't know why... You would ever commit as a junior in high school either. Um, why shut? I mean, look, the, obviously the doors aren't ever shut in recruiting, but wh why just finalize like that? I don't. Maybe it's to get more buzz. Hey, if I was a top level athlete in high school, I probably would have done the same thing. I would like to get a little shine on my name as well. So yeah, I'll just commit to any school. But at the end of his announcement, uh, I should add this: uh, Nick Marsh said that uh, Michigan State will still be a school he's interested in. Okay, uh, awesome. Yeah, because that that's probably really genuine when a decommit writes that out. Um, the closest we got to that was uh, Kedrick Riescano. Okay, he was the running back down at Texas, uh, committed to Michigan State, decommitted from Michigan State. Said you know the same thing like, hey, they're going to still be a top choice. And Michigan State actually was down to his final three schools when he did make the decision on signing day, but. Alas, uh, did not pick the Michigan State Spartans. Still went with Ole Miss, so I, I take that with the largest grain of salt. Now, a few people aren't completely beaten down to a pulp when it comes to following recruiting, and you have some glimmer of hope. Well, here are some for you. Uh, yeah, I I'm sure that this team, I'm sorry, this program in Michigan State will still be relentless after Nick Marsh. And 
He is a local kid. Shouldn't be that hard to stay in his ear throughout his upcoming senior season when the fall starts. So they might get him on for a visit or two. All that good stuff. And if you want to take his word that Michigan State is still an option and that he is just genuinely opening the doors to find out more about other programs, which of course you should. Of course you should. Just don't commit to a place in the first place. Um, yeah, then okay. That's good Good for you. you. You are a lot less jaded about recruiting than I am. Um, but I, again, that doesn't mean we're ever going to stop talking about it. All right? Uh, this is... This is uh, going to keep happening. Uh, hey, we still got two more four-star uh, defensive back commits that are surely going to be playing in East Lansing here. But no, it's just, you could really start getting serious about recruiting when signing day gets a lot closer. Um, but again, we're going to talk about it because recruiting is the lifeblood of college sports. And if, dang it, a 16-year-old kid tweets out that he's going to go to your school, even though signing day is 20 months away, Got to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, your Nick Marsh update. Now, in lighthearted news, uh, hey, the spring game date might have been leaked, I think. Uh, there is a recruit that is going to be visiting Michigan State in April, and he says, hey, coming up to Michigan State for the spring game on April 14th. Um, that is a Friday, but, hey, so that kind of opens the door for the spring game if he is doing a weekend visit. That's what we can assume. That the spring game will be on April 15th. Uh, he's a second recruit um, to tweet out something like that. That, hey, I'm coming up for Michigan State spring game on April 15th. So, while nothing has been formally introduced or announced, I should say, by Michigan State, looks like April 15th is going to be that date. That is also the same day that uh, Tom Izzo, the, the Izzo Foundation, um, has their run, their 5K run on campus. So April 15th is looking to be the day for spring football. Um, and last but not least, Antoine Simmons. Spartan legend Antoine Simmons. God, just a criminally underrated guy here in the green and white. He is coming back as a grad assistant. Uh, he was a defensive coach for, I believe, Ann Arbor Skyline or Ann Arbor Pioneer. I'm really sorry. I think it's Pioneer, actually. But he was a high school coach for a hot second, coming back to Michigan State as a grad assistant. And I, you can only say great things about that. Uh, by all accounts, Antoine Simmons was just an incredible leader while he was here. He was a captain in his one year under Mel Tucker. Um, really a voice for the program, too, in that switch between Mark D'Antonio and Mel Tucker. So I've only heard good things about him. Um, I've had very, very limited interaction with him, but those interactions have been very pleasant. So nothing but great things ahead for this great kid. So welcome back to East Lansing, Antoine Simmons. Um, and gang, this is the end of the road here. This is the end of the show. We got a great chat coming up tomorrow with former team manager. His name is Jake Schemmel. But we talk everything from, hey, how is the March Madness sausage made from a team manager perspective? What is it like being in the weeds here as you go into March? Just a lot of good stories and a lot of good tidbits from Jake Schemmel on tomorrow's show. But until then, keep it real. Love you all. Go Green.